There is a gold mine of data found in your customer support tickets, feedback, bugs, operational improvements, product ideas, you name it. Your customers are begging you to fix their problems. And our sponsor this week, OmniPanel, does the job to surface all these insights for you automatically and send them to the right person on your team. Next time there's a bug request, boom, goes to the product department. Next time there's an operational idea, great, goes to your COO. There's never been something like this before and I'm really excited to share OmniPanel with you, a great software to streamline all these requests. If you're interested in trying out OmniPanel, go to omnipanel.io and let them know Forward Thinking Founders sent you. That is O-M-N-I-P-A-N-E-L dot I-O. Thank you so much OmniPanel for sponsoring this episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Now let's get into today's episode. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies. And the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus. So if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews. So check it out. Enjoy the repository. And for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders of other companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Donald Hawkins, who's the founder of Tense. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Uh, Thanks so much, man. Things are good, man. Things are good. Well, relatively speaking. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, right now, I'm extremely excited to learn more about Tenth and share more about it with, with the people listening. For people that don't know what you're working on or haven't heard of Tenth, can you kind of describe what you're working on? Yeah, Tenth is a, a neo bank that is focused on Black America. Uh, you know, when you think about the uh, world of banking uh, and the country that we live in, money is power. And the Black community, through a lot of systemic reasons, uh, has not really had the ability to take control of their, their money. Uh, and as a result, we end up in a lot of really tough situations, uh, many of which are playing out on the news that we see on a day-to-day basis as well. So uh, we are developing a, a neobank uh, feature right now that will help our members take control of their funds, uh, automate savings, and do the responsible things that they need to do to build wealth uh, to hopefully uh, create some of their own solutions. So let's kind of walk through um, if someone was to use this, or I guess kind of user, the user experience of this, of the, of this neobank. So if someone was to, to make an account, you can kind of share you know, how, how they can do that. And then what are they able to do? You said their savings. What are some other things they're able to do with this um, that they wouldn't be able to do otherwise? Yeah. So we're the, a combination of a, a PFM, personal finance management tool and a neo bank. So we think it's really important uh, to give our members a soft landing pad, right? To kind of try before they buy, uh, to really gain control of their existing financial situation without the, the need to switch over their entire banking life, direct deposit, uh, uh, bill pay and all the other features that come with it. Uh, so we have a, a number of, of features that lean into 
uh, the black community that we feel is specific to us. Uh, we don't exclude anyone. Anyone is able to, to join uh, our Neo Bank, but the focus of what it is we're trying to fix is definitely focused on black America. Uh, so we have some really neat features like uh, points and cash back for buying black. You know, uh, a lot of communities in America have built their wealth uh, by insulating and understanding how they can support each other to then do things at a broader scale. We've seen that happen in the Italian community, the Jewish community, uh, uh, several times over. Uh, I think about stories of even Goldman Sachs and how that was created out of necessity because back during those times, Jewish people were not able to deposit their funds into uh, American banks. So now Goldman Sachs, which was created by the son of a rabbi, is now one of the largest investment banks uh, in America. And the same story goes for Bank of America, which started off as Bank of Italy, right? So history has shown us, you know, that when communities insulate and learn how to control their funding, they can do uh, a lot of amazing things. Uh, so a few other features, you know, we, we definitely have a, a big focus on financial literacy, but for us, it's also about added value. You know, we're not just going to ask, you know, members to willingly just go out and do what you can to learn about Roth IRA accounts. Nobody wants to spend time learning about Roth IRAs. Um, but if you can get incentivized, you know, to learn about that, to help you towards a goal, that's kind of what we're looking to do. Everything has some form of added value because we recognize that it's, it's at the member's leisure, right, to work with us or work with another bank. And we take that responsibility uh, fairly seriously. We'd love to hear a little bit about um, the origin story for this and when you decided to start it, why you decided to start it, and at, at, when you did start it, why then, why not, you know, a couple of years ago, why not in a couple of years? Just love to hear the origin story for this. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I feel 10th is just the culmination of like the, the perfect storm of events. Um, you know, as a fintech entrepreneur, you know, I've had a lot of experience with developing software for community banks and credit unions. And uh, on March 25th, when George Floyd was murdered in Minnesota, uh, it impacted me a little bit differently this time. Uh, there were a couple of things going on in my life. One, COVID-19 forced the majority of America to no longer be able to get back to regular life, right? We were in the homes. We, many of us are still quarantined and, and buckled down and it forced us to see what was going on, you know, in our country. Uh, and it's awoken uh, or have, uh, has uh, created a lot of people that are now would be considered woke uh, as well. Uh, the other thing for me was that, you know, my wife and I, at the time, we were pregnant with a little boy. And now, you know, I'm thinking fast forward, you know, I have a son uh, coming into this world. By the way, he's here. He was born August 26th. Beautiful kid. Uh, but at the time. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, I have a son, you know, uh, about to enter this world. And uh, this is what he is growing up in, right? And I think of all the recent things that have happened just since the day he was born, all the ugly things that have happened in our world, in our country specifically. Um, and I started looking for answers, like a lot of people do. When you get upset, you start looking for answers. Who can I support? Where can I go? And uh, I looked at uh, uh, the, the brick and mortar black bank space uh, and saw how they needed a lot of help, right? You know, I, I looked in the neobank space to see, was there anyone that was really focusing on using finances to help black America solve some of their own problems? And uh, didn't really see anything that was really moving the needle, you know, in, in an impactful way. Uh, saw a lot of different uh, features that were kind of focused on more general underserved and minority and diverse populations. But I felt it was 
more necessary to call a spade a spade and go, no, I'm going to put my hand up and say, I want to support Black America, right? You know, and that is not, again, exclusionary of any other group, you know, but I recognize that from a systemic uh, perspective, we have been affected significantly more and we need more effort, more support, more focus uh, to get what we need. And, uh, you know, I did not want to have that regret, you know, to sit back and wait and hope that someone else might do something and uh, just took the skills, talents that I've been provided and decided we're going to get out there and do a thing. And uh, that's how 10th was born. I appreciate you sharing that. That's an extremely powerful founding story. And uh, I think, you know, one of the, in my view, one of the biggest things that can create change in the world is entrepreneurship. It's starting something right and growing it and appreciating that asset. Um, I'm curious for you, um, you know, as you're working on tents, what is the, um, what's a day in the life um, of, of, of the founder of this company? What are you spending your time? Are you fundraising? Are you trying to get customers? Um, you know, are you shipping code? Um, what, what, what are you spending your, your days on when, you, when you're working on tents? Yep, uh, all of that. Uh, plus, I'm a full-time janitor. Uh, I have, uh, you know, two kids uh, at the house. We've got virtual education going on. So, you know, it's the, the common things that entrepreneurs are accustomed to, right? You know, wearing multiple hats, you know, and, and being as mindful as possible of time management. Uh, a bulk of my time has previously been spent on the capital raise side of things. We're fortunately on the downside of that right now. Uh, and now we're uh, definitely focused on uh, shipping code and, and acquiring customers. So uh, we have uh, a wait list that is growing, super excited. We're now uh, near 35,000 people that have joined uh, our wait list. And, uh, a lot of really neat things that we're doing. We've been what I like to call semi-stealthy. I mean, we haven't done any any press uh, yet, you know, but we have some really neat things that have been in the works for uh, a while. And I guess for us, a while is a couple months uh, that will be coming out soon that I'm super excited about uh, to really help us reach the masses uh, as well, you know, but we are really kind of from a responsibility perspective, cut up in a lot of different places. We're building the team. We have uh, one of the most amazing teams that, that I've ever worked with, uh, all completely mission driven, you know, putting in the work and willing to do the work, which I think is really important. There's a lot of people who right now are kind of jumping on bandwagons because it's the popular thing to do. Uh, but every member of our team has been about the work uh, before it was popular. Uh, and as a result, we're starting to see things happen at an accelerated pace uh, as well. So pretty excited about that. Definitely. I, 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 it sounds like there's a lot of exciting things happening there. And it sounds like you've made some serious progress. Like what a wait list and congrats on being on the tail end of, of a capital raise. I'm curious, like as you've started this, um, you, you, those are some feats in themselves. What have you learned so far? You, it could be about, you know, getting that wait list. It could be about fundraising, company building. I'm curious, just like as you've been on this journey, what have been some of the learnings that you've come across? Well, you know, there's challenges, you know, in, in venture just in general, right? But being a minority, uh, there are additional challenges, you know. So a, a lot of it is really buttressing whatever it is you offer with as much traction as possible, right? So we put a lot of focus uh, on all of the, the available options available to build traction uh, to show investors and partners that, hey, you know, even though this is something that is not shipping yet, you know, here are all the reasons, you know, where you should partner uh, with us. Uh, so definitely uh, a wait list was, was a proactive thing to do. Uh, we've been very fortunate uh, to get accepted into the Visa Fast Track program, 
Uh, there's lots of benefits that come with that. Visa's been an amazing partner uh, as well. Uh, we spend a lot of time to get out and acquire a sponsor bank. That is typically a very lengthy process. And we were able to get that done uh, in a very short amount of time. I mean, typically, I know a lot of neo banks, it takes them sometimes up to 18 months to get that done. Uh, so we're super proud of that. Uh, and then also, you know, to start shipping, you know, code within a matter of months after the idea was conceived, you know, something that we're excited about. So from an advice perspective, just get out there and find any traction that you can by any means necessary, you know, and recognize from a venture perspective, they're just looking for what it is that you can provide that helps you stand out. You know, you meet with entrepreneurs that have ideas on the back of a napkin. Great, cool idea. What are you currently doing to show me that it's time for you to make that happen? Versus another entrepreneur who might not have an MVP, but they've done customer discovery, you know, or they have a wait list or they have a really cool partnership that's in the works as well. Just show that entrepreneurs put in the initiative to really make sure they're not wasting time. So uh, I think a, a combination of all those things for sure. One question I have, which is I'm almost embarrassed to ask because I should know at being someone in tech, but I actually don't. There is a huge rise of, of like I hear the word neobank a lot. Um, can you, can you just tell me what is what is neo what is a neo bank? I know like I understand like they're they're banks, but like can you kind of help me understand what's what is a neo bank? How's it different from a bank? Super basic question, but like I'm not I, I don't know. I mean, neo bank is just the term you know that that was utilized to to discuss the the new wave of digital banks coming to the market. Uh, you know, and the majority of us are built on top of uh, a banking as a service platform or either or, or either rather uh, a direct sponsor bank. Uh, so we don't hold the deposits directly. In most cases, our sponsor banks do. Um, depending on who your sponsor bank is or your, your platform partner, you know, you also either share or will bump off, you know, uh, compliance and security responsibilities uh, as well. So uh, not an easy process to get into, for sure. You know, uh, the banking space is one of the most highly regulated spaces in the world. Uh, so there are lots of, you know, I dottings and T crossing that you have to do to, uh, to make sure things work. And just like one more question to that. Um, so is the reason, um, like, I have a feeling that a lot of these, like, giant banks they're like their brand is like you know they, they kind of want to appeal to different types of people and is one of the things that neobanks give them is like yo like we're cool we got a great brand we're targeting these people partner with us and you'll get almost like distribution to different types of people is that one of the reasons why um why it works or can you kind of just help me understand like a little on like for the big banks um i guess like more about that relationship i'm just i'm just learning that you know for the first time about this kind of this realm yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, so neobanks, you know, are, are technology companies, right? And as technology companies, we are pretty nimble with what we're able to build and how we're able to build it. You know, that that con convergence of, you know, banking compliance and aggressive technology is kind of what skirts, you know, that, that space between brick and mortar banks and the neobank side. Brick and mortar banks are really, really good, you know, at, you know, the compliance and the security and the other things that are needed from a regulation perspective. Not so good when it comes to innovation and being nimble and developing new things. So, uh, so that's why you see some of the, the larger neo banks that are doing very well. They spend a lot of time, energy and effort on making sure that they buttress where they're weak. And typically, 
with the neobanks, it's going to be that compliance and security side. You know, uh, not very many of us, you know, uh, worked in big banks to, to learn the ropes. And even people who have worked in the big banks, there's all a little small nuanced things that you don't know until you know uh, as well. But as a technology company, yeah, we do put a little bit more focus on things like UI, UX and user experience and uh, onboarding flow and go to market strategies and marketing automation as well. And a lot of banks haven't quite reached that level yet. So uh, pretty interesting time uh, to be doing what we're doing. And if you were to kind of zoom out, um, you know, 10,000 feet um, away from the day-to-day and just kind of the big vision, I'm curious, what, what could this look like in five, 10 years? Or I guess in other words, what's the big vision and every day kind of what direction are you rowing in? You know, uh, I, mean, I would say that the general goal that we have is to become our own bank. Right. You know, uh, we are looking to make an impact on black America uh, in as many ways as possible uh, as well. We feel that direct focus will will make a lot of change. Right. You know, so much larger and being much more than just a bank. Uh, when you think about issues, our target members face, I mean, we're underinsured. Uh, we have, you know, we're fighting the good fight of being underemployed. You know, we fight, you know, uh, ed- lack of education and other uh, disparate things that happen in our markets as well. Uh, but having a generalized platform that can help provide information, help people uh, focus where they spend their money, it's kind of what we're looking at. So we want to become one of the largest banks in America, um, uh, not just for Black America, but just in general. Uh, we have a lot of people that are allies you know, to our cause that, that also cannot wait you know, to support, open up a bank account, and do what they can to also support uh, the black community and black businesses as well. So that's kind of our, our overarching goal. You know, we just want to grow. And, and for me, it's, it's about impact. Uh, the bigger we get and the more members that we serve, uh, we can help break some generational curses and hopefully build some new healthy financial habits so that the next generation of black America can now see what it could look like, you know, to make saving cool and to uh, utilize a lot of the available tools available, you know, from micro investments to high yield savings accounts, you know, to really put their money to work as money was intended to be. And to make that happen, you'll need some help, right? Like you'll need potentially in investors, obviously people to bank with you, um, you know, and maybe team members or employees. Um, and luckily you got all of those potential people listening to this podcast right now. So for my, my second to last question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you hiring? Are you looking for, for people to work with you? You know, partnerships, anything like that? How can the listenership help? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for that, Matt. Yeah, man, we're always open to anyone that's mission aligned. Uh, we're definitely hiring uh, team members, uh, preferably with uh, banking experience uh, as well, uh, all across the board. Uh, we're always willing to partner. You know, if there are corporations that are out there that are looking for a way to give back, uh, we offer a very cool platform and method to be able to do that. Uh, and as a bank, we also offer lots of intrinsic value, you know, with us being able to work out different uh, programs from merchant funded offers to perks, points, cash back options as well. Uh, so if you have anything that's a good fit for that uh, and with the mission of helping Black America, we'd love to talk to you. And then the, the, the last question for you is, if someone wanted to learn more, get in touch, help out, um, how can they? How can they find you online? Are you on social media? Can they shoot someone an email? How can someone get in touch? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely visit our website. It's uh, b10.com. Uh, and you can use the 
the uh, phonetic uh, sound of that, or also just the number as well. It works. Uh, our social media uh, links are there as well. So we're on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, or you just have a general question, yeah, feel free uh, to email us at hello at d10th.com and definitely look forward to chatting with anyone that's interested. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Matt. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you're sitting there and you're just saying, Matt, I want more. How can I get more? Well, luckily, you can get it at Forward Thinking City. Forward Thinking City is a community for the Forward Thinking Network, right? And we have multiple different aspects of the city. One, we have AMAs. Some of the previous guests that have been on the podcast, like Jonathan Barkle, Kristen Anderson, Austin Allred, come back and they do AMAs with the residents. You can ask them any question that you want, right? You can ask them about fundraising the early days, how they got their customers. We do these every single week with another, you know, really great founder that has been on the podcast. Additionally, um, we have our pitch battles, right? So if you want feedback on your pitch and the opportunity to potentially pitch in front of VCs and talk one-on-one with venture capitalists, this is where to do it. These are monthly pitch battles. So if you don't get in the first time, try again, right? The goal is to improve and get feedback to eventually one, raise, uh, get, get into the room with the VCs, two, raise capital, three, so you can get back to your company and building a great startup, building a great business. The last thing I'll mention is that if you are kind of interested in just community, we have our coffee hours and happy hours where you can meet other residents, learn about what they're working on, talk about social things, anything you want. This is a city for founders. It is for investors. It is for startup enthusiasts. It's for anyone that loves startups. So if you're interested in what I'm saying, Go to forwardthinking.city and join the city for $15 a month. Um, you know, the way, the reason I charge is because I want to be able to do this full time and bring as much value as I possibly can. And I think it's well worth the value. You can ask any of the current residents and they will attest to that. So go to forwardthinking.city, join the city, and you'll see immediately the, the next AMA, the next pitch battle, the next event. And I hope to see you there. Forwardthinking.city. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.